Hello and welcome to Art Witch, the podcast where creativity, magic, and healing align for personal and collective liberation. I'm your host, Zanetta, and welcome. Art Witch aims to provide resources for creative empowerment, helping folks make and share their art and also find their authentic expression. In this podcast, you'll hear from a variety of artists, witches, and healers, as well as experts in various art industries and related fields, all with the intention of helping folks share their art and their unique magic with the world. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Art Witch Podcast. I am your host, Zanetta, and thanks so much for tuning in. It is such a pleasure to be gathering with you all today in this reading space, this podcast episode, and I just want to say thanks for tuning in. If you're new, welcome. If you are a continuing listener, double welcome. It's been really awesome. I've been getting a lot of messages lately and a lot of people connecting around the episodes that I've posted already and the readings that I've given through this podcast sphere. And it's amazing to hear what people are doing with these readings, how they're landing. So if you feel inclined to share your experience with me and send a message, or if you want to leave a review or share it with a friend, I would so, so appreciate it. Um, That connectivity is just so awesome. I also want to say just a big shout out to all of our Patreon members and say thank you so much for supporting the podcast. It's really, really helpful having that support and that connection and kind of getting to know who these readings are for and how people are working with them. So thanks so much for supporting this work. This lunar cycle, um, wow, I'm getting a little bit of a late start here on this reading. I've been traveling all across the US and I've been living out of my car and recording and it has been incredibly challenging to find a quiet spot to actually do this reading like a literal table and a place to like put the cards and to set up and to just be able to record for a while. So I apologize for being a little bit late with this reading, but I always try to give myself a lot of grace and a lot of space in when I put out my episodes because life happens and I'm a living person in a dynamic world. And I trust that whenever these readings reach you, that's when they need to be heard. So with that, I'm going to share a little bit about what's coming through this lunar cycle. And I'm also going to be giving a creativity tarot reading. So for new listeners, I always like to do a reading around the new moon that helps us to think about what we are being invited to uh, connect with in our creativity during the lunar cycle. Um, In the very first episode of Art Witch, I talked a lot about how I do most of my creative planning and art making with a lunar uh, rhythm. 
I use the moon's phases as a way to kind of dismantle productivity, capitalist um, mindset around my art. In large part, because I think it's more attuned to how my body works, it's more attuned to how I experience things, and it feels like it gives me a lot of space to be a lot of different ways in my art making process. And I know I'm not the only witch who does that. <laughs> I know that there are many other folks who use the moon in their artistic practice and in their uh, art witchery. But for me, I really love to think of each moon phase as kind of another way of being. If you think about the court cards in the tarot, how we have the Queen of Swords or the Page of Cups, you know, these are all like aspects of existence and ways of being. So if we think about like the new moon, the crescent moon, the full moon, waxing and waning, these are just parts of our lived experience. And I definitely think that by anchoring in or rerouting into the lunar cycle with our creative work, there's something really, really powerful about having space to be different ways, um, that it's not always about generating work. And I kind of touched upon that in the last reading, but um, I think that that always serves as a nice reminder <laughs> that there are many ways to be in our creative process and all of them are sacred. So with that, let me give you a little bit of an introduction about how these creativity readings work. I use the same tarot spread uh, each reading. It's called the door, the lock, and the key. The door is the first card position, and that is essentially what are we being invited into this lunar cycle around our creativity, our expression, um, our art magic. <laughs> the second card is the lock, and that is essentially what challenge will we be acknowledging and facing and sitting with during this lunar cycle that may uh, disrupt us or you know block us from being able to step into this invitation what might get in the way basically and then the third card position is the key so the key can manifest in many ways but i think the way that it likes to come through is often in uh a sense of understanding. What do we need to access immediately or tangibly work with now that will help us to actually step into that invitation? So I'd like you to kind of think of it as like the next action step, actually. What is the next thing you could do that would really help you in this invitation? So our lunar cycle, it started on the new moon in Leo on July 28th. We have a full moon in Aquarius coming up on August 11th. And then this reading goes all the way up through August 26th, right before the new moon in Virgo on August 27th. So we're in Leo season, obviously. And these readings always overlap. You know, when you have a lunar cycle, 
you're not really in one season often. You're in the borderlands, essentially. You're in a place that is partially one season and then you transition into the next season. So last creativity reading, last episode, we were in Cancer season and we transitioned into Leo season. And now we're in Leo season and we will be transitioning into Virgo season. So it's just something to keep in mind that when we have these transitions, there's always feels that come up. There's always big emotions and big adjustments that happen. And if you're like me at all, um, those shifts sometimes take a moment. They take a moment to be felt. They take a moment to be kind of like cognitively aware. So like, for example, when I was in cancer season and, you know, going into Leo season, it took a moment after that Leo shift to actually feel like I'm in Leo season. So, you know, sometimes it just takes a little bit to catch up. Basically, if that's you, you're in good company. <laughs> so this lunar cycle, we are being invited into a very, very interesting precursor energy to what I imagine is Sagittarius season, which is like further off, right? Sagittarius is further off, but it's interesting. It's interesting to have a little bit of that energy kind of come through now <laughs> to kind of come through and remind us that we have that power to focus our fire, focus our energy, focus our intentions and our actions and the ways that we are engaging with stuff. Even now, even now in this really lush, beautiful season. And you know, August 1st is also Lamas, which is a really beautiful holiday, a pagan holiday that really, really gets into celebrating the fire and really celebrating the gifts of fire in certain ways. So I think that there's some interesting aspects that are coming through here. We have the Knight of Swords as our invitation for this lunar cycle. And specifically, the Knight of Swords and what the Knight of Swords is focusing their efforts towards. What is the Knight of Swords focusing their efforts towards? This is a question that I think is going to just sit with us and kind of carry us through the lunar cycle. What are we focusing our energy towards and how much are we actually kind of aligning with that? Inquiring minds want to know. <laughs> Inquiring minds want to know when we're, you know, making a career out of this or putting dedicated effort towards our creative dreams, there's a lot of alignment that needs to happen. Alignment in our words, our actions, our thoughts, and um, we have to utilize sometimes a more focused or a more linear approach, a more methodical approach at times too. 
This particular card, the imagery that's on this card is a figure who is um, taking aim at a bullseye with an arrow. And this imagery is evocative for me of kind of Sagittarius, that like long-term thing, that long-term quality that Sagittarius can have where it's like, yeah, what are we really aiming for? And how does, how is it part of our passions? How is it like part of our, our real purpose or vision or anything like that? Obviously purpose doesn't need to be singular. Obviously passions don't need to be singular, but there is something about taking aim at a particular dream or goal and moving towards that in a focused way. And I love the Knight of Swords because the Knight of Swords can be very swift, can be very dynamic. It's a figure that can really move on things for better and worse. And I asked the spirits, I asked my guides, please to show us what aspect of the Knight of Swords really wants to come through in this invitation? What aspect is really being highlighted? And what came through was the Queen of Pentacles and then the Ten of Pentacles. So, wow, two figures, two card energies that have a lot of long-term sustenance. <laughs> they have a lot of long-term abundance and sustenance within them. So I would encourage you to think this cycle about what is your creative vision that you're aiming for? What is your goals that you're aiming for? And to really get into the sustainability of it. I don't know if I watched it or if I heard it, but recently my friend Lily, who is um, Hajikara on uh, Instagram, really, really wonderful medium and um, tarot reader, and I love her so much, but uh, she was talking about, her guides were coming through and talking about what really is abundance to you, what really is like abundance, not what you think abundance is, but like what is it actually? Like, how does your body feel enriched and abundant and things like that? And I really actually think that that is a big part of this invitation that's coming through right now. We can aim towards anything. We can aim and go after anything for better and worse. And we just have to check in with ourselves. Are those goals and those visions really, really rooted in our one, sustainability and well-being, and two, how does that play into the world that we want to exist in, the communities and ways that, you know, our connections and things are thriving. I don't think it's a coincidence that the Ten of Pentacles comes through as we're in like Aquarius, we're going to have an Aquarius full moon, right? Um, we're going to have this full moon in a sign that is collectively oriented on some level. There's going to be some collective perspective. <laughs> 
the Ten of Pentacles, yes, can be about personal legacy and personal abundance. But I think that there's more to this card than that in this reading. I think that we are capable of adjusting the way that we do things and adjusting our actions or our speech or our thoughts to start reflecting our values on a greater level, on a level that is aligned with the dream that we have for our collective and our communities. So let's like break this down a little bit because I know that like I'm using a lot of language that is pretty open and I want to give some examples or give some ways that you can kind of conceive of these ideas and work with them. Let's take for example your artistic process. <clears throat> Maybe it's that you are a weaver or something like that and you have some visions around your work. You have some visions around where you would like to see your work, who you would like to connect with your work and things like that. Let's start thinking about the ways that maybe that can be even greater reflected. Is it through the ways that you reach out and talk to people? I, and I'm using a lot of speech communication, visual, sonic um, uh, mediums and perceptions, lenses, filters, because I'm talking about the suit of swords here. I'm talking about a suit that is connected to air. It's the element of air. We're talking about what we see, what we hear, how we perceive filters, frame of mind, thought patterns, communication patterns, transmitting and receiving, how we listen, how we listen is going to be so key. And I love that this comes through because Leo season is such an amazing and lush season, but it can be very self-focused. It can be very self-focused. And that is not the whole picture, right? Like the self is not the whole picture. If we want to create expansive offerings or offerings that are for the collective or for our communities, we are invited to access more than what we know just within ourselves, more than what we um, prioritize, more than what we think is important. It's almost like you have to access your higher self in a sense to start to connect to other lenses, other filters, other ways of thinking, other ways of perceiving around our goals, around these dreams, around these objectives. And to start to see where community, where abundance, where mutual care and mutual thriving can be woven in. Where can your goals become no longer an isolated experience, no longer an isolated dream, but one that is connected? How does that change how you go about approaching those goals? I realize these are very large 
reflections, very large meditations. Meditations are meant to be worked with in slow unfolding often. They're meant to be lived, they're meant to be played with, they're meant to be experimented with. You do not have to have these answers right now, but how can you work with these questions? How can you in your creative, amazing, abundant, expansive ways go and work with these questions and offer your openness to the deep mystery? <laughs> I wonder. <laughs> I can't answer that for you. I dream though for you of being able to find these new ways of testing out these things and playing with them that feel so enriching to you. And that also give you greater connection because I think the Knight of Swords coming through, it's like we're really done with playing by antiquated rules. We're done playing for these systems, these people in power, these old antiquated ways of like doing things. We're done with that. If we're really done with that, then it's not just about attaining a goal. It's like, how are our goals connected? How are our dreams connected? Can you vision that? Can you make some time and space this cycle to vision and ask your guides, ask the angels that you work with, ask the interdimensional beings that love and support you to come through and show you how what you love is connected to so much more. And maybe you're already doing that. If you are and you feel like, man, I have been on that, Zanetta. I am so there with you. <laughs> if you were so there with me, then I want you to feel the celebration and the love and the appreciation that is coming through from all beings towards you, that's coming through for you and how you are working this. I would love for you to sit and bask and soak in all of the ways that you are just connected and held and loved in that dreaming and in that connectivity that you are so open to. And I want you to be inspired and to recognize that so many other beings that are connected to us are also dropping information into our channels. Another part of this is that you are receiving information all the time about how to move more collectively or more with more collective care towards the things that you are passionate about and want to create. There's ways to go about stuff that is very self-focused and I don't want to vilify self-focus because self-focus is necessary it's part of being able to bring things into the world and it's part of also sometimes creating collective care. Prioritize your vision or to focus on that vision. And maybe that might be something that's transmitted this lunar cycle to you. Who knows? 
But I think that there is ways when we're working on stuff that is, I want to say, of the finite existence. It's of the finite body. And when we tap into, say, the higher self, that's one way people put it, or our connection to spirit or source or whatever ways that you conceptualize and understand divine energy for yourself, then we approach things differently. There is a queen of pentacles behind that knight of swords, and there is a ten of pentacles behind that knight of swords. How then does the knight of swords change for you? How then do you change the way that you move towards what matters most to you right now? Does your sense of time change? I've been spending time with very, very ancient, like Precambrian rocks. I've been in the amazing canyons and amazing um, mesas and mountains and petroglyphs. And I have been listening to the rocks and spending much, 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 much time with the rocks. And they have a completely different way of understanding what is important, right? Because time to them means something else. Time means something else. When we are working from the finite body, time means something very specific. And when we're working with our highest selves or working with interdimensional beings that are timeless or that experience time in a very different way, things change. What matters changes. And I wonder what that will mean for you. How then do the goals change? Is that project so essential? Is that next step the true next step? These are questions that are, you know, big, but they are really, really, I think, clarifying. <laughs> clarifying. And we need that clarity. Because actually, yes, we only have a finite amount of time on this planet. We only have finite resources. Some of us only have finite energy to work with. You know, we all have limitations and we work with those limitations creatively to cast our art magic and it's amazing. But it's important to get real about that stuff. And part of being real about that is working with the medium of time as it relates to our goals. And this is not everyone, but if you can connect with like rocks, an ancient rock energy or something like that, if you can find some time to be with something that is much older and will last much longer than you, consider that. <laughs> consider their concept of time. Consider how that concept of time would change the way that you're understanding your goals or working towards your goals and maybe how it would solidify what you're working on so that maybe as you're working on stuff 
you're saying, no, I, I've got to focus on this. This is, this is where I'm at. This is the work. This is the thing that I want to do. Yes, that's the invitation for this lunar cycle. What challenge, what lock is going to come in, and this is the second card, is the Ace of Cups. Oh, the Ace of Cups. What a spirally, spirally, amazing energy that reminds us so deeply of the watery beings that we are. That reminds us so deeply of how we move through things, how we oscillate, basically. Because, like, to be water is to be flux, right? It's always to be in flux. It's always to oscillate. It's always to be in motion to some extent. That motion within us and that is of our essence in these bodies, it's one way of existing. It's one aspect of our existence not the whole aspect of our existence. I think having an Ace of Cups here as a challenge card is both a challenge and um, a help. It's kind of a helper. It reminds us of our emotional nature and the kind of complexity of existing in emotional watery bodies. But it also reminds us that that is part of how we know what we love. That's part of how we know our passions. It's part of how we know what's sacred to us is in the feeling, <laughs> is in the water. That's, that's part of it. So, you know, you're probably going to experience some challenging emotions or some things that come up that want to maybe like pull away from these meditations and these reflections and this invitation of the Knight of Swords. That's okay. <laughs> That's okay. Just, you know, spiral back, basically. Understand you're living in a spiral existence. Nothing is set. It's always in flux. It's taken me a really long time to understand that concept and to honor it, to really, really, really honor it. But if you can, like, just understand going into this lunar cycle that you're going to have big feels, that there are going to be more emotions or more things that come up or things, new things that come up for you around this, but that that is also part of you finding your focus or like really activating in the ways that are authentic to you, then emotions don't become kind of problematic, right? They become more like they're heralding changes, they're heralding shifts, they're giving you things that you didn't even know you needed. So trying to reflect, trying to be with these invitations will probably bring up more. More things will surface. More feelings will surface. And maybe even more questions than answers will surface. And um, I know a lot of people come to me when they get readings and sometimes the reading produces more questions than answers. And that can be incredibly frustrating. 
can we have compassion for ourselves? Can we access another layer of compassion, a deeper level of compassion for ourselves? Can we call upon our higher selves to hold us in the softness, in the love that is always available from within and around us? Can we call upon a cave of rose quartz and can we let ourselves sit in the soothing waters, purple lavender sky and like just be in an energy that loves us? I think about the moon and its vastness with this card. Sometimes what's the hardest about asking these questions and being in these reflections is the emotions that come up. And the emotions are vast. They feel like an ocean or like a river that has no end. And what if we sent that energy? What if we called upon the moon in its vastness and said, please hold my river, hold the vastness of my feelings, hold me in the questions that I don't have answers to. Sometimes that is the way forward, is like an opener for us. An opener in that we are vulnerable. We are open to something holding us and helping us through an experience that was never meant to be held alone. One of the greatest sorrows in our modern society is that we have lost the ability or have forgotten, I don't want to say lost, we have forgotten that all experiences are meant to be held in community and in connection to other beings. No experience is meant to be held alone. So as artists, as art witches, we are traversing the realms, we are going through the deep work, and we are channelers of mystery. And none of that is supposed to be solo. <laughs> none of it's supposed to be solo. Your, none of your work has to be solo. None of what you're sharing and going through should be solo. None of the feelings that come up or the questions or the struggle needs to be solo. In acknowledging those feelings and acknowledging I need support in this. There is a path opener, a road opener. I don't want to use that word exactly because it's, it has a very specific connotation in spell work, but there is a road opening on some level when we acknowledge that we are not meant to hold everything by ourselves. And when we pray or call upon our guides or ask for the help that we need, there is something that opens up. And I'm not going to say it's going to be a, a call and response instant kind of thing. It's not going to be, you know, I go and I pray and then suddenly like, I can just do this project. <laughs> no, but because we are so connected, like if we really acknowledge we're connected beings, there's wisdom coming from all directions. There's all sorts of ways that we are sourced and we are allowed to claim that. We should claim it. We should remember it. We should come back into that way of doing things on some level because that is where the suffering really, really gets extensive for many of us. We 
think we have to carry these dreams by ourselves. That it's not a whole reciprocal process of us engaging with the world, with other beings, with everything that is alive and sentient and amazing. That it is not some kind of complete connective process. What if our art was a process that was constantly a collective process? That even when we think we're doing it by ourselves, we are not. This is something that we are working with this lunar cycle. And when the big feelings come up too, inevitably, how are we connected in that as well? How can we ask for help in that as well? That's something we can work with that gives us agency and empowerment to dive into questions. So for the final position, the final card, which is the key, this is the tangible step or the tangible idea or something that we can access immediately that will help us with the larger stuff this lunar cycle. We have the Ace of Swords. We have the Ace of Swords. We have two Aces this cycle. Wow. <laughs> we have two Aces and one Ten of Pentacles. I think in this, we can just start at the very beginning, kind of like that Sound of Music song. Tell me right now what you want to do. Tell me how you feel about it. Tell me what you've done so far. Tell me, you know, anything that you know now. Start there. Start from that space, okay? Just say it out loud. Say what you want to do and be honest. The voice, especially when out in the universe, when out in the air, mingling with the element of air, when we let our voices produce that sound and say what we want, there is a certain magic that happens. We hold so much inside. <laughs> we hold so much inside. And some of this stuff needs to be outside of ourselves. Granted, not all of us have the same speech um, ability or accessibility. So go ahead and write it. Go ahead and put it on to something that is outside of yourself. But if you can use your voice or your mouth or something like that, try that and really, really list what it is that you want, what it is that you desire, list it. List what you've done. List how you've been kind of working on that. If you haven't been working on it, list that as well. Be very honest, be very clear. If you have trouble with this and articulating it, ask for the element of air's support. Ask for those beings, the spirits of air, Ask for those who are loving and supportive or who are of sound mind, body, and spirit. Ask for their help and assistance in articulating exactly what it is that you want, exactly what it is that you care about, and putting it down. Then you can spend some time over the lunar cycle 
reflecting on the ways that you have been approaching this and you can invite your higher self in. You can invite your spirit guides in. You can invite any interdimensional beings that you would like in to support you in working towards that truth. You can ask them to show you ways to work towards those goals, towards those things you desire in ways that are aligned and resonant with your values, aligned and resonant with the world that you want to exist in. How can I work towards my goals in a way that reflects my values? That's a great question. How can I work towards my goals and my desires in a way that reflects my values? In a way that is connected and an acknowledgement and honors the connections that I have to other beings, to the land, to spirits, to the cosmos. How can I work towards these things? What is actually going to bring true abundance to not only myself, but my communities as I'm doing this work? Is this project part of abundance for both my communities, the collective? You know, these are some of the questions. A lot of people want to go and create things and rarely ask how it might actually be connected to others. And I'm not saying you shouldn't create. I think all impetuses of creation have a place and have a meaning, but they're not always meant to be brought into existence. This is another part of this reading that I'm going to go there with you because I think many of us are really, really asking these deep questions and are really available to sometimes the scarier answers. <laughs> like not all creations and not all creative impulses are meant to be fruitful in the ways that we have been trained to think of creativity. Creativity in the word has create, right? So that means that something is made or transformed or brought into existence, right? Something happens. There's some kind of um, precipitative activity that goes on, some kind of transformation. Well, in our society, that means that something is generated. And I've talked about this many times on the podcast. Something is generated. So that means that a product is on the other end of this process. So if art is a process, then the product would be the piece of art, right? But I don't really, as, a, as someone who channels and who um, works spiritually in their artwork, not all inspiration, not all creative impulses, not all urges are generative. They aren't. That's not been the way that I have known creativity. I know that creativity is a windy, amazing road that leads to dead ends, that leads to black holes, that leads to places that I don't even have names for. It's so, so windy and vast and it's a labyrinth and it sometimes leads to something being created that I can understand and I can see that connection. Like 
I did this process and now here's this product. But at other times it does not. And our creativity in that windiness, in that if we remove the expectation of product, if we remove the expectation of generating something, and we just know these impulses and are available for them as we can be or not, whatever, where we are, you know, then I think the pressure lessens, the pressure lessens significantly, but also the availability, like how available we are for following our inspiration is actually much higher. <laughs> because if you're not thinking that you have to make something at the end of every creative impulse, then it's all a curious journey. It's all something to behold and to be in wonder of. It's all an experiment. And so why I'm bringing this up is because we are asking other beings to help us be aware of new ways of working on our creative goals. Some of those ways are not going to yield the project. Some of those ways are going to be squirrely, are going to be windy. Some of those ways are going to take you on paths that you're not sure what they yielded. But this is where that Ten of Pentacles wants to come back to us over and over and over again. Time is different for other beings. And time is something that we get to play with. Time is something we get to play with. Yes, we are in finite bodies, but we also have souls, we have essence, we have spirit, we have so many dimensions of ourselves that are timeless or that move with time differently that we need to be able to, I want to say, access multiple time perspectives. Sometimes it's more helpful to the creative process to the actual creation of something, if we really want to bring a project about, sometimes it's more helpful to be available to another time experience, to another time perspective. So just know that as you're asking these questions, the thing that you can really get clear on is what you desire. That Ace of Swords, what do you desire? And then be available to ask other beings, how might I go about connecting or doing this, reaching this goal, creating this project in a way that is um, loving and supportive of all beings. So that is the reading for this lunar cycle. Lots of big questions. It's kind of a good time for those of us who are in the US here. We can have a little bit of space before Virgo season to reflect on new ways of doing things. Virgo is an amazing enactor, an amazing doer. Once the sense of what is sacred and what is important is in place, Virgo can make that happen for us. Virgo can really, really make that happen for us. Where Virgo can get a little bit adrift is when we are enacting things and doing things by someone else's vision, some antiquated ideology or way of doing things or expectations that no longer fit our values. So we must be clear about how, what we want and our values, right? Still coming back to that Ace of Swords. What is it that we want? What is it that we care about? What are our values? 
And then once we kind of get into asking other beings or asking our guides for how, Virgo can make those changes. So deep to have that devotional, sacred earth energy, that mutable energy of Virgo that can shift earth into what actually is supportive, what is actually supportive of our dreams. You know, we've got two pentacles within this Knight of Swords. We have the Queen of Pentacles and we have the Ten of Pentacles within the Knight of Swords umbrella. How can Virgo help us actually get to what we care about? And none of that ego movement, you know, that can really occur with this Knight of Swords. I don't even want to say it's ego, but it's like we can just unconsciously move towards things in the same outdated ways that we're looking to dismantle. A lot of nonprofits have these really amazing visions, right? They're like, oh, we want to do this. We want to do that. But then they don't pay their workers that well. They don't even offer benefits or like they don't have a way to support the people who are actually working and trying to bring those visions about. That is the perfect example of the Knight of Swords and the not so savory aspects of the Knight of Swords. You're going towards a vision, but you're going about it in a way that completely is contradictory towards the vision. And that's not okay. <laughs> that's not what's going to bring about some kind of radical love or radical change. No, 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 no. The way that we do things matters as much as the thing that we create. The art is not independent of the process. We have to do things in a way that reflects our values and the things that we create will be supported. But oftentimes, you know, like we get an idea or something like, oh, we should do this. And then we go about it in the old ways of doing things. We don't pay ourselves enough. We don't give ourselves enough rest. We force ourselves into ungodly time frames <laughs> and deadlines. We push ourselves way too hard. This reflects back to the very beginning of this reading where I talked about how I like to connect to the moon to help me work through my creative projects. The moon has a resting period, has a dark moon phase, has a new moon phase of, you know, being open and available, dreaming. It has a phase where things start to get initiated, maybe in that first quarter. It has a phase where we give thanks and we have gratitude. You know, there are so many phases and so many ways of, of experiencing things that need to be woven in to the ways that we work on our goals. If you have a goal and you've been working in a very, very linear fashion, I would encourage you to use this cycle to step back from that a bit. Many of the beings that we are connected to are really attuned to the true rhythms of this earthly experience. This is why we call upon their help and guidance to be able to learn new ways of working because many of them live by the seasons and they live in rhythm with their environment. So how does it look like to work towards our dreams, our desires 
but in those rhythms, in those ways that are sustainable to us, that are kind. It's not going to work anymore to go and just be like, I've got to get this done. I just got to power through. All that short-term thinking is the reverse side of the Knight of Swords. That's where it gets crunchy. We're constantly putting ourselves in a hand-to-mouth kind of situation, in a day-to-day kind of thing, rather than like what really sustains us. And maybe even more so, what really is abundant to us? Is it when your body feels good? You feel like you get enough rest? You feel like you've gotten the movement you need or you're eating what you need for you to be well? And when you're working, how do you work towards the things that you care about when you're in that space? Does it ease the pressure off? Does it give you a little bit more compassion? Do you find yourself getting even more creative? I don't know. But this lunar cycle, we can explore that. And I think it's very, very cool how we have Leo, which can be a very, I want to say self-originating sign, an energy that's self-focused. And then we come into that full moon in Aquarius, where collective energy is really an interesting question. And then we come into Virgo, which has the potential to really make some powerful changes, to really heal some old patterns, to heal some things that need to change. They need to change so that we can make those long-term Ten of Pentacles adjustments. Obviously work with it with your creativity, work with it with your imagination, play, experiment, enjoy. Breathe. Breathe with the reading. There's a lot of air element in this. Breathe. Drink water. Like, have time to absorb and to live with what these transmissions are sharing with you. And please, if you want to get in touch and share your experiences or you want to write a review, I would love it. So that is the end. I hope you have a blessed lunar cycle. I hope this lunar cycle brings you the insight that you need to work in the ways that feel good to you. And I know that our communities are enhanced and are enriched because you are feeling well. I know that the collective is blooming, is blossoming because of your growth and your well-being. So take care Have a great lunar cycle and thank you so much for listening.